Hey friend, Graham Baldwin here with The Speaker Lab. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if someone gave you the exact process to find and book more speaking gigs in 2024? That'd be nice, right? Well, I'll tell you what, we're just gonna do that for you. We've created a new 18-page guide based on Dan Irvin's process that helped him actually book over $100,000 in speaking gigs in the past year. Now, Dan is one of our uh, team members here. He's this, a very successful speaker and also one of our coaches. And so you're gonna learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, proposal emails, and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps. Again, that's plural, thespeakerlab.com slash steps. We're going to send you that PDF guide right to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go there. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, friends? Graham Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. So good to have you here with us today on episode 311. Today, we got a great show for you. We're going to be talking with Rick Clemens all about speaker websites. Now, uh, if you're a longtime listener, you may recognize the name Rick Clemens because this is actually his third time on the podcast. And as I'm going to share more detail in a minute, Rick is actually a former Speaker Lab student who now does some coaching for us. And one of his main responsibilities is helping our students launch their speaker websites. So, if launching your website has been on your to-do list for a while, but you, you just don't know where to start, you don't know what you don't know, you're definitely going to want to pay attention during this episode. We're going to tell you why it's hurting you to not have a speaker website and where you should start in the journey. We're also going to talk about must-haves for every speaker website, including your bio, talk descriptions, photos, and of course, we're going to talk a little bit about demo videos as well. So listen, no matter where you are in your speaking journey, you're going to get a ton out of this episode. So let's get right into it. Here's my conversation on speaker websites with Rick Clemens. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, friends? Graham Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Good to have you here with us today. Today, we're going to be joined by Rick Clemens. Rick has actually been on the show a couple of times. He was on episode 208, where we talked about uh, the importance of narrowing down your audience. Then also on episode 241, all about creating your speaking brand. So if you haven't already listened to those, go back, check those out. 208, 241, uh, really good stuff. Today, we're going to be talking all about speaking websites and speaker websites, the importance of them, how to create them, what you need to have on them, a biggest mistakes that speakers make, all the ins and outs of all things speaking websites. And the reason that we're talking with uh, with Rick on this is for a couple of reasons. One is actually Rick went through our Booked and Paid to Speak program several years ago, uh, has done a good amount of speaking. And then today he also works uh, as a coach with the Speaker Lab, uh, works with a lot of our students. And specifically, one of the things that Rick does is he works with uh, our student, our elite students on uh, designing and creating their websites. And so Rick has worked with a lot of speakers creating speaker websites here at the Speaker Lab for our elite students. So uh, he is uh, definitely in the uh, in the trenches on this. So Rick, after that long intro, thanks for joining us, man. Appreciate you being of, here. Of course, I had to come out of the trenches to do this, but you know, hey, here we are. So. Here we are, here we are. All right, let's uh, let's talk about a couple <clears throat> different things. First of all, uh, why is it that speakers need a website? This is, it seems like one of the things that would be relatively obvious that this is a, uh, you know, it's, it's 2020, the dumpster fire that is 2020. Uh, but uh, why is it that speakers need a website today? 
Well, uh, let's see. Stone tablets went out a long time ago, and Pony <laughs> Express does not exist any longer. So if you don't have a website, it's kind of like being back in those ages. And the thing is, is many people freak out about this. They're like, oh, my God, I got to do this, and I don't know anything about this. That's why you have people who know how to do this stuff. But if you don't have that, in my world, and I think you'd agree with this, Grant, is it kind of makes people question how professional are you? How serious are you about your business? And this isn't just about being speakers either. This is about anybody in business these days. If they don't have a website, I think you're hurting yourself. So right out the gate, that's why it's important. You've yeah, I would, totally, to look that way. I would totally agree with that. It, it seems like in this day and age, if you don't have a website, you don't exist. Like people don't take you seriously. And you, you made a great point there that if you think about other industries where this is true, if you're going to hire just about anybody to do most things and if they, if you ask them, Hey, you know, I'd love to check out your site or check out your work or portfolio or whatever it may be. And they're like, well, I don't have it or I'm working on it. Uh, it's kind of hard to take them seriously because uh, it doesn't seem like they themselves are taking it's seriously. Is that accurate? Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's very fair. I mean, you and I both have podcasts, so I've got two, you've got this one. And one of the things that I've even noticed in the podcast world is somebody who has a podcast and they're like, yeah, but I don't have a website. I'm like, <laughs> you say you're going to rely just on, you know, Apple podcasts and Stitcher and all these for people to find you. But if they find you, then they want to know more. You don't have anywhere for them to go. Right. So this is about we're hungry for information, good or bad. We're hungry for information. And if I'm really liking what we're talking about right here and I'm like, okay, I've heard Rick and Grant and this sounds great. Oh, Speaker Lab. Okay, cool. And there's nowhere for them to go. You literally just lost business. Right. You literally lost them in a way that is completely out of realm for where they should be and what they should be doing. So it's really important that you have this and that you get, this is why I have a website. It's to drive my business. It's to show my brand It's to showcase what I'm capable of. And it is your calling card. Yeah. Business cards are out the door, folks. I'm sorry. I mean, okay, I have them too. But if you really think about it, business cards are out the door. People use, and I'm, you can't see what I'm holding up. They use their phone. Their phone is their business card. They go and they look and they search for people based on what that website is. Well, and that's another good point, just as a side thing we weren't even planning on getting into, is that so much of uh, how people view things uh, online is, is often done through the lens of a phone. And yep. so you need to make sure that your website is mobile friendly. Uh, and that's one of the things that we, we take care of that we do for you, uh, again, within the Elite program. So uh, one of the big mistakes that we see speakers make a lot of times right out of the gate is they're not really clear who their site is for. So when you're creating a website for a speaker, uh, who should the the site be designed for? Is the site for, is it for the speaker? Is it for the speakers? Like they just need their, like their mom to see it just to prove that this is a valid thing. Right. Is it for a decision maker? Is it for audience members? Like who is the site for? I feel like it's for two people. It is definitely for the decision maker, mm -hmm. but it's also got to be for that audience person that's going to come listen to you. So let's say that, I'm getting ready to go speak and I've already been hired, but now all the promo stuff is starting to happen. You're at a conference, even if it's a virtual conference these days or a virtual summit, people are going to decide based on what they can find out about you, whether they want to attend. And especially if you're in that space where like there's 10 speakers, you know, and you may not be a Simon Sinek or an Oprah or whomever, but people are going to make those decisions. And how are they going to make that decision? Again, they're going to pack up their phone. They're going to go look. And they go, oh, 
this is, yeah, I want to listen to Rick or I want to listen to Grant. So it's going to have to play to the person you're selling to, but it also needs to play to the person who's going to put their little behind in a seat to sit and listen to you. Right. And it's an interesting little, it's, you kind of walk this fine line to make sure it appeals to both. And it feels like that in some cases that the, the decision maker and the audience can be pretty closely related or closely connected. In some cases, they may be vastly different. So I'll give you an example. When uh, I was doing a lot of speaking initially, early on in my career, I did a lot in the education space. And so I did a lot with uh, high schools and colleges. And so it may be a you know, uh, a 45, 50, 55 year old um, uh, principal or administrator or department head who would hire me to come speak. But I may be speaking to, you know, a 16, 17, 18 year old high school student or a 20, 21 year old college student. And so the audience and the decision maker were two vastly different people. So in that situation, how do you make sure that your site is appealing to both when there may be a a several decade generational gap uh, between kind of where they're at in life and what it is that they're looking for help with. Well, this takes us, derails us really quickly into a lot of other stuff. <laughs> but I think this is interesting because you, got to, you do need to think about the generation stuff. So for the audiences, kids, I would definitely have a social media presence on something like Instagram or something like that where they're very visually driven. They want to be able to find you and hear. And if they come to your website and they don't see that, they're like, ah, this is that old guy who doesn't even know how to use social media, Right. But if they are only working with a website, you got to write the copy that's talking to the decision maker, but also excites the person who's like, hey, I'm going to be listening to you, visually stimulating. So I just redid my website in the past week and I went through and did a, like, let's clean it. Let's like get it crisp and clear. Let's take out some of the big, bold colors that I've had for years And I got it into a very stark white sort of space, but with just some colors and visuals that like pop off the page. I know that that's going to appeal to the college students that I would speak to about living authentically as who you are, as well as the business owner who's like creating a team who is authentic and who they are and shows up fully to work because it's kind of appealing to both. But for that buyer, that business owner, he's going to look at this or she's going to look at this and go, this guy is solid because he knows how to deliver the content, but he also knows how to visually stimulate my people who are going to be sitting in that room. One thing you kind of touched on was just the, like the, the visual aesthetic of a website and how important that is. Uh, you know, we've, we've all heard that expression that people judge books by, by uh, a cover, whether we like it or not, whether we admit it or not, we all do it. And so it's really easy to go to any website for any product mm-hmm. or service and look at it and make an immediate assumption based on the website, whether or not we think the product or the service is good. Right. And so it, it may not be fair, but if your website sucks, people will assume that you as a speaker suck. Again, that may not be fair or right or accurate, but it's so important that your website looks sharp and that it looks right. professional uh, to make sure that you're giving the right type of impression that someone goes to that and they see it and they're like, wow, this person knows what they're doing. They have the act, their act together. They're taking it seriously. Therefore, I want to take them seriously mm-hmm. as a speaker. So one of the things I want to say, you got something you want to add? There? Yeah, I just want to, so a good example of this would be if your website for Booked and Paid to Speak just had a microphone image mm-hmm. across the top, okay, that kind of works. But what I like about what you've done with the site that we all work with a lot is there's these scrolling images of people who are speaking who are actually students from the program. Mm-hmm. That's going to entice people a whole lot more than the proverbial here's a microphone, right? So even the littlest bits. So I have a talk that's called um, leap out of your status quo life. 
Now, it used to just sit flatly on the page. There was no visual. Now, that talk is the proverbial. <laughs> I use like a lot of things that somebody else does, but it's like a goldfish leaping out of a goldfish bowl of a bunch of goldfish leaping out into the goldfish bowl that's just for them. That visual alone is going to spark somebody to go, wow, this is interesting. I think I want to read versus if I had just had it sitting there. So it's the littlest tweaks that can make all the difference in the world. Well, something else you touched on there is the importance of, of the visuals that are on there. So I always I tell speakers, it's kind of like driving by uh, on, a, on a highway and looking at a billboard on the, on, on the side of the street there, that you, you just have a split second to look at it and make a quick assumption. And oftentimes, you, you may not be able to skim many of the words that are there. You're just kind of looking at an image and making an assumption about what is that product, what is that service, and is it worth kind of looking further? And so if someone's looking at your website and they're just scrolling and just kind of scanning which is oftentimes what most of us do. And they're only on your website for a couple seconds and without reading more than a headline, they're not going to read, you know, paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs of text. Uh, you, they got to have a really clear idea of what it is that you do and whether or not it is uh, what, what you offer, whether or not it's for them or not. Uh, and so, so many speakers, they, they just, they drop the ball on that. Uh, I was looking at a speaker website yesterday, in fact, and, um, uh, if I remember correctly, she had a, a bunch of pictures of a, a um, I don't want to reveal too much, a certain, a certain insect. And you're just kind of mm. like scrolling through. There was no picture of her. And I was like, I, I would have thought just scanning it that you're like a, an insect expert, you know, or something right. like that. Uh, and because it, it just, it didn't make any sense with what it was that she was trying to, to accomplish. Um, so let me ask you this then, and this kind of leads into that. There are a bunch of things that could go on a website, but what are some of the key components that every speaker's website like absolutely must have? I think a visual of you actually speaking is key. Now I'm also going to be really honest, even in booked and paid to speak in the elite program that we run, there are people who don't have those photos yet and that's okay. But a photo of you speaking is key because if you're going to say you're a speaker, <laughs> you better kind of prove proof pudding right now. Yeah. You can get by a little bit with maybe a stock image where, for your first one of just somebody speaking. But the first thing that's going to happen, it's kind of like what happened to me when I put my book out. My first book has just a photo, like a, a half face of a guy on it. And all I ever got was, is that you? And I'm like, can you look at it? He's really good looking. Okay. <laughs> it's not me, but it's that thing. People are going to go, oh, is that you? So having a good photo of yourself, having your bio, having some credibility, whether those credibility banners are places you have spoken. Again, everybody who's like, but I've never spoken anywhere yet. Then you're not going to put that on your first website. But as soon as you can say I've spoken here, it may not be the logo, but you want to start building that credibility as soon as you can. Don't be afraid to toot your own horn. Have that on your website. Clear, clear, clear and concise talk descriptions and talk titles. Right. And you have to have something of substance. We have gotten a few in throughout the years that I've been doing this with Grant where I get a talk title and a talk description and it's making people happy. Here's what I do to help you be happy. I teach you these three things. That's all it was. I'm like, I can't, I can't, I can't tell you we're going to get you booked and paid to speak off of that. Okay. What I can tell you is let us dive in, let Rick dive in with you and go, okay, let's clean this up. So bio talk tiles and descriptions, video, 
as soon as you can get it, again, we are, and Grant will back me up on this. We want you to get a video. We want you to get a video that is the best you can do with what you got. Even in the midst of this craziness of 2020, we have had some students do some amazing stuff of shooting video in their own rooms, um, shooting some videos outside. Work with what you got, but I'm going to put the caveat in. If that working with what you got makes you feel uncomfortable, it is going to show up on that video that you're really uncomfortable. So I would rather you don't do it than to push yourself into that space. Yeah. And a clear, clear way for people to contact you. I got a website the other day and I know the person just forgot to do some stuff on it, but there was no contact information. Right. Right. Worst thing that can happen. And here's a little like, this is kind of a subtext to what we're talking about, but even in your demo videos, put your email, most people put their website, they usually get that, but put your email on the end of that web, uh, on the end of that demo video because some people are gonna get so excited about what you just showed them and then you're gonna leave them with, go to my website. Well, now they gotta go to your website, they gotta figure out how to contact you when the simplest thing could be also include your email address. Somebody's gonna sit there and actually type that email address in right then, they're gonna freeze the video, I want to talk to Grant right now. Cool. Now you can also put your phone number too, but that's a whole nother ball game of whether you want to include phone numbers or not. But those are the key components that I recommend. I don't think I left anything out, Grant. I'm trying to yeah. think through that. No, you definitely hit them all. Let's uh, let's jump into a couple of these here. One would be kind of like a, a clear headline up top there of like yes. what that clear expert positioning is, making sure that people are clear on who you speak to, the problem that you solve. Again, this is something that we talked about with you uh, back on episode uh, 208 on narrowing down your audience because there's two sides of the equation that we teach you. There's yep. who, it is, who it is that you speak to and what's the problem that you solve for that audience. And so again, thinking like, like a billboard, when people come to your website, they're going to just, they're going to scan it real quick. And if they're not clear on how you can help them, they're going to move on. So you got to make sure mm -hmm. that it's really, really clear. And, and Rick, you gave a great example there of you don't want to just say like, you know, I speak to your audience about how to be happy. It's like, eh, right. that doesn't really say much. And again, even before we get to the website, we're going to work with you on your expert positioning, make sure you're clear on the who you speak to and the problem that you solve. Uh, the other thing that you, you mentioned there was the importance of the, uh, of the demo video. So Again, you mentioned like a lot of times uh, people can be intimidated by this, can be daunting. Uh, we actually, within the Elite Program, we create your demo video for you. So we remove right. that, that obstacle and that barrier. Uh, but whenever, whenever it comes to footage that could be used or should be used, what are some things that you have seen that has worked? You mentioned like right now, especially in the thick of COVID, that um, it feels a little bit more uh, limited in what our options are to of where we could film stuff if we didn't have footage. Uh, footage is definitely one of those like chicken egg situations. Yep. I need gigs in order to get footage and in footage in order to get gigs. So what advice would you give to someone who to try to get some of that initial footage? Well, during this time frame, I've been coaching a lot of our members around this video thing of you might be doing this in your home, but how you leverage that is, so I'm speaking to you from my virtual studio, right? Call it out, say it. I'm speaking to you from my virtual studio. Now, here's the thing. I think most people at this stage, most event planners know that many things are virtual. So you may not even have to call it out. But as you're doing that, find a space. I don't have mine up and we're not looking at this live, but I actually have a curtain that I can drop down in my office. Nice black curtain that looks like I could be standing in front of any curtain on a stage. 
Find a way to make it happen. The other thing too that I think most people miss in this video stuff is, oh look, I have good natural light. Well, good natural light works in some cases, but you gotta find the exact right time of day if you're gonna use natural light. Invest a hundred bucks, get a ring light, get some kind of light to make it work. Right. The other thing too with these videos is, yes, it'd be nice to have a two or three camera shot thing. What's interesting is most of us who have families, the kid has a phone, the wife has a phone, the husband has a phone, everybody has an iPhone or a equivalent. You can set all three of those up in different angles and just start shooting the whole thing. These are simple things, and yes, it's not like a huge production crew and all that sort of stuff, but they're pieces of the puzzle that can start to happen. And the biggest thing of all with these videos, do not cram your whole talk into your demo video. Right. You will get really frustrated. And that's why when we guide people through this process, we're like, get a shot of you like telling a little bit of a story. Get a shot of you teaching a sequence of stuff or making one big point. If you have the chance to capture some audience reaction, grab that. Catch that moment where you're like, you've gone from a huge contrast, like really high energy to here's why this is important. Because what people are looking for in this realm, and this is why when you get to this on your website, they're not really caring about what the content is on the video. And I know that sounds kind of like, okay, I'm going to spend all this money and they're not caring about the content. They're not really listening like, okay, he talks on this, but that doesn't show up. What they're looking for is, can you hold the stage? Can you get people's reaction? Can you do what you're going to do? In fact, I had two of our students that I worked with this morning where I had this exact conversation. And I said, I don't care that you have video that's from other stuff that you've done. If you can use that and you can find a section in it, use it. Because it's about you being able to show that, and here's the key word, it's the P word, you are a professional speaker. Yeah. That's the key. Hey friends, I got a question for you. Considering where you are in your speaking journey, what are your next steps to take your speaking career to the next level? If your answer is, I, I have no idea, or I have too many ideas, I don't know where to start, let me give you what I believe is the best next step that you can take. I want you to book a call with the Speaker Lab team today over at thespeakerlab.com slash coach. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash coach to see if our personalized coaching program is right for you. We have helped literally thousands of speakers from all over the world find and book more speaking gigs, and we'd love to see if we could help you as well. Our personalized coaching program features done-for-you websites, done-for-you demo videos, weekly coaching calls, access to all of our educational content. We find speaking leads specifically for you and so much more. You've got the talent. You've got the drive. Let us give you the plan to execute. All you got to do is book your call today by going to thespeakerlab.com slash coach. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash coach. Uh, and in fact, we've got some other podcast episodes uh, all about demo videos. Actually, episode 40 was all about how to choose the right environment for your demo video. Uh, episode 56 about how to create demo videos. And then episode 203 also about how to create demo videos. So uh, again, that's 40, 56, and 203. So if you want to go into more uh, down the rabbit hole of all things demo videos, mm -hmm. there's a lot more there you can, you can certainly check out. One of the other things that you mentioned that you talked about was uh, topics and the importance of topics for a website. 
Uh, and I always describe this almost like a restaurant menu. Like when you go to a restaurant, you expect mm-hmm. to sit down and they bring you a, a menu of like, here's the things that we can make versus them, uh, a server, waiter, waitress coming up and saying, well, we can, we can make whatever. What, what is it that you want? Like, that's right. not true. It doesn't work like that. And so the same thing is true for speakers. You don't want to go to a potential client and say, well, what do you want me to speak about? I can speak about anything. Yeah. You want to say, no, no, here's the, here's the talk or here's the two options, you know, right. uh, option A or option B. And then you may do like a little bit of tweaking and, or customization, but they want you to start with something and make it really, really clear what the talk is about and then what the deliverables are to, uh, that the audience is going to take away. So more than just kind of, you know, it's a, I'm going to tell some fun stories and we're going to laugh and we're going to have a good time and I'm going right. to inspire your audience. Like, yeah, yeah, but what's the key deliverables, the takeaways that that audience is going to have from having heard that talk? Anything yeah. else there within the, the talk descriptions there or uh, kind of menu section that we want to make sure is included? I think, I think you brought up the one that gets missed the most. Everybody writes about, I'm going to help your audience feel motivated and excited. Okay, that's great. But what, is, what am I, the guy sitting in that seat, going to walk out of here with that I can do and implement right then and there? Now, that doesn't mean you give away your secret sauce. I am not going to tell people my six-step process for breaking out of any closet of their life, but it's going to get mentioned. And when they follow the six-step process, here's what they're going to experience. The freedom to do things their way, to give themselves permission to go do things, to find a pathway to success that they didn't think was possible. Okay, now I've just said, you're going to walk away with some tools to do this. I'm not going to lay out all six of my process pieces, but I'm going to you know, really make it palatable of what's the benefit of me parking my little behind in that seat in that auditorium or sitting behind a zoom call for the next two hours or 90 minutes or whatever it might be. This is key. And don't assume that a cutesy, catchy, funny title is going to get the job done. In fact, one of our rock star students who is really just doing amazing stuff, she sent me a message and said, because we're working on her website right now, and she goes, I'm getting stuck because I've written all these talk descriptions and talk titles, and I totally get them, but nobody gets them. My reply to her was, yes, I was going to tell you the same thing, but I was waiting for the moment so that I could say that, because this is that moment. We're too close to this stuff. I'm raising my hand, folks. I am too close to my stuff a lot of the time, and as soon as I swallow my pride... (laughs) And tell my ego to go take a hike for a little bit. And I ask, I have a core group of people that I feel like I can ask to look at this stuff. It always, always, always pays off having somebody look at it and give you the feedback. Very true. What are, uh, whenever it comes to just a, someone creating a site in general, again, you've seen a, a lot of speaker websites, you've worked with a lot of speaker and speaker sites. Uh, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see that speakers make with their own sites? Right out the gate, that, that headline being so wrong yeah, or that headline being too much. I help executives who are struggling with team collaboration, who find productivity is diminishing, find a way to increase product. You lost on and on and on. Right. Yeah. So my brand is all about no excuses, no fears, no apologies. That's the core of my brand. But when you hit that website, it says creating a mindset of no fears, no excuses, no apologies. Okay, now people get it. If I, this is what we're doing, this is where we're going. Now, I could throw in entrepreneurs. I could throw in small business owners. But I, I kind of like just keeping it simple because if that's what you're looking for, you're going to go find the rest of the stuff. 
Now on the speaker page, it does go deeper. It's like, I'm working with entrepreneurs, I'm working with these people to create these mindsets of no fears, no excuses, no apologies. Keep it tight, keep it simple. Having three or four videos on the homepage is not gonna get you business. Mm -hmm. You want that one very focused, this is what my, my work is all about, this is who I am, you have to have it so clean and crisp that they're like, I will sit and watch this. Do not put a 10-minute video up. And I'm guilty of this because I have a 10-minute video on mine. I'm just too lazy to go get it edited right now. So, But I, I admit my stuff. The third thing that I've seen too many people do is they try to cram in, okay, well, here's my opt-in and here's this and here's that. Be a speaker first. Be a speaker first. If you go to my website, you will see my opt-in is actually at the bottom of almost every page except a few pages. And the pages where it's like right at the top, it's because they're pages that I'm trying to get people to interact with in some of my programs. They need a sign up to be able to interact. Be a speaker first. Put the stuff that's going to get you booked first. And then if you have a book or you have a coaching program you do or whatever that is, that's secondary. If you're a speaker, you're a speaker and then bring the other stuff in. Gotcha. Any other big mistakes that you, you notice pretty frequently? <clears throat> Getting too, too many colors, too many fonts, just, it, it will ruin, it will ruin your brand. Yeah. It's amazing. Just and like this simple, is simple, simple, like how, how yeah. much that makes a big difference. So I, in Grant's world, I actually sit a lot in the branding stuff a lot of times because I'm working with our students and coaching and stuff, but sometimes when we go to move through, okay, let's change some of the stuff that happens in the program, or if there's checklists that we're developing, I'm really cognizant of the brand because I want to make sure, okay, we use this particular microphone, and then there's a certain thing that we now have for the podcast, and here's the color scheme. So like later today, if I get to it, I'm handing something over to somebody that does some artwork and stuff for us. I'm going to take the new podcast logo and say, here's kind of the new color schemes that we're in. As you develop this thing, make sure the fonts are the same and all this. You will lose more people if you've got really big font and then little tiny font and then you got this. Yes, we like to create variety, but find the variety that actually works throughout the entire site and don't make things so muddy that all people can do. And this is exactly why I worked on my site this last week. It needed the update. I needed to get rid of some of the big, bold colors that I've had for years because my stuff has always been big and bold. But I knew it was time to step it up a little bit and like, let's refine, let's refine. The other big mistake that people make, and this is one of the biggest ones, is they have too many different directions they're trying to go in that first page. They're trying to get people to do too many different things. If you want them to hire you to speak, then keep it all about speaking. Keep it there. Have them take the one action. Every page is about one action you want them to take. Yeah, very good. Uh, I know for me personally, I'm, I feel like a relatively tech savvy person and can figure stuff out. But the idea of creating a website is a bit daunting and it's a bit intimidating. And there's a, there are certainly like a lot of moving pieces that go into it. Uh, and a lot of costs that go into it. So oftentimes we think it's, it's you know, you buy a domain, you buy hosting and bada bing, bada boom, you, got it, you have a website. But there's also more to that. So what are some of the other costs that go into creating a website that we may not be thinking about? So you hit the two. Two of the ones that are the biggest is the domain and the hosting. Yeah. What you don't anticipate is, okay, I've got the domain, I've got the hosting. Oh, well, now I need to go buy a template. Whether you're doing 
WordPress or you're using Wix or Square or any of these other things, there's a template that helps you content manage your site. So those are the three keys, domain, hosting, and content management tool. And I'm, I've used all of them. I've used WordPress, I've used Wix, I've used Squarespace, all of them. Each of them have their things. But then there's the design piece of it. <laughs> so you're probably going to pay for some design work. You're going to pay for a logo. You might pay for some of the ways the icons show up. Um, you may have custom icons. In fact, one of our students, I was just working with her on this. And she goes, well, I've got my designer working on this. And I've got, I'm like, okay, cool. You're going to pay for these exterior things. What you don't anticipate paying for sometimes, and a lot of people get hung up on this stuff, is you've got your domain, you've got your hosting, and then suddenly something comes along like a Wix or a Squarespace or a GoDaddy, do-it-yourself sort of thing. But I don't want to pay on a monthly basis. My first website was $3,500. That did not include the hosting. That did not include the designer. It didn't include all the stuff that would happen after the fact. Mm -hmm. This most recent one was a little bit more. It was $4,200. I pay $100 a month for hosting and the tool that I use to keep it up to date. But when I have to have anything beyond the normal stuff, there's some fees that go along with it. So you have to think about this as an investment. This is an investment in your business. There are going to be monthly, there are going to be monthly expenses. When I was doing this full-time as kind of a marketing, branding, website sort of guy, my hourly rate to make changes to people's websites was between $150 to $250 an hour. Just let that kind of sink in. Oh, I need a change made. Great. My retainer was $150. Once that hour is done, I'm going to bill you again. Yeah. And then I'm going to bill you again. When people come to these other tools, and there's WordPress ones and you know Wix and all these others, and they go, Oh, I can't imagine that I'm paying $20 a month. Well, let's see, $20 a month, that's $240 a year. I think I got that math right. Um, it's pretty cheap when you think about $250 an hour to fix one thing. Right. So think in those terms. This is an investment. The three key components are the domain, the hosting, and the tool that's going to allow you to do it. I currently pay that $100 a month to have that tool readily available to have it hosted, to have my podcast automatically get, you know, there's a lot I'm getting for that $100 a month. But on top of that, if I got to make major changes, like if I really wanted to make some structural changes to what I just did this past week, I'd be paying $250 an hour for that investment. Yeah. Let's, uh, to wrap up, let's talk about this. Uh, one of the things we've kind of touched on here is that, um, Every speaker needs a website, and yet at the same time, creating a site can be intimidating. It can be daunting. And so one of the things that uh, we do inside of our elite program for students is we actually create a website for you, a done-for-you yep. website. You give, some, give us the information, give us some of the, the content that we need. We'll create the website. We'll get the domain. You own it all, uh, but we, we create it to you and hand you, hand you the keys. So we really want to make it just super, super simple for you. So, uh, Rick, you work with a lot of students in this process. So I'm curious, like, what is that process like when someone is in the elite program We've helped them get clear on who they speak to, what they speak about, what's the problem that they solve, and then they get ready to start creating the, the website. What, what is that like? Is it just kind of like a um, paint by numbers or what, what's, the, what's the process like? Can you walk us through that? Yeah, it's pretty much a checklist. And the beauty of this is it, whether it's myself or Nanette or other coaches working with students, we get to really get to know you and we really get to know your brand. 
So back to kind of the investment piece of this, if you had to go hire a designer, they're going to do a project brief and you're going to be paying for that project brief to get to know what this website's going to look like. We pretty much do that in that third session that everybody gets with, with me. That's the one that I pretty much do. We're going to do a project brief about here's the steps. What do you want it to look like? What's the feel? What if you had to describe it like in your favorite food flavor or your favorite colors, even though they're going to pick colors, we do the project brief. Then once they do that, we've had that conversation. We have a checklist of tells them everything you got to pull together. So here's another piece that people don't realize they're going to have to pay some stuff for. Well, I'm not a copywriter. Well, then you might have to go hire somebody to write the copy. We're not going to do that, but I'm good at it. So sometimes we'll all get the student stuff in. I'll look at it and go, hey, I'm going to tweak this. But our checklist says, here's your, you got to provide the bio. You got to do this. You got. It's very checklist. Once I receive that, then I know the template we're kind of using. I know what we're stepping into and I get to work. I work with students for about 10 to 14 days, typically quicker, but 10 to 14 days. We'll turn around that first revision of a website. Once that is done and they say, yes, we like this, then we do some stuff behind the scenes to make sure it's mobile friendly. I move it to their account on Wix. I help them point their domains and everything. Typically, if we stay on task, I can have a student's website with me and my team out the gate, typically in two to three weeks. Hmm. But that's not where it ends. There's a whole thing. And I just did this with our elite team this morning. I tied a whole call on you have to think about search engine optimization. You have to think about keeping things fresh and updated. If you're doing different talks, then here's what you need to do. You need to go in and I show people how to do this. This is the beauty of seeing your website as an investment. And it's a constant calling card of who you are as a speaker, as a brand. And we take you through that checklist all the way. I had three websites get submitted this morning. And I asked one student who happened to be doing a session with me this morning after he had done it. And I said, I'm curious, how long did it take you to do the checklist? And he goes, to pull everything together, he goes, it was probably two hours worth of work. Mm -hmm. But it helped me even get clearer on my brand as a speaker. That's cool. And to me, that was golden. Yeah. Very true. Very true. And again, if you're listening right now and you're interested in learning more about the elite program, I'd encourage you to go to the speakerlab.com slash call. Again, that is the speakerlab.com slash call. There you can schedule a time with a one-on-one call with our team. We'd love to chat with you and give you all the, uh, the details about the elite program and how we can help you and how we can help you build your website uh, and your, get your demo video edited uh, and up and running. So uh, Rick, thanks for the time, man. We appreciate it. Of course. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Speaker Lab Podcast. And before you take off, don't forget if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating and review within iTunes. We read every single one of those. It helps it helps other people to find the show. Listen, we, we don't charge anything for you to listen to these. We don't have any ads or anything. We do this because we want to serve and support speakers like you. So one small favor we ask of you is that you would leave us some type of a rating and review. Again, we really, really do appreciate that. If you're looking for more help, support as a speaker as you build and grow your business at whatever stage you're at, don't forget to check out thespeakerlab.com, thespeakerlab.com. We got a ton of free resources and tools over there. So again, check it out over at thespeakerlab.com. All right, my friends, that wraps up today's episode. We appreciate you hanging out with us. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome.